Hi everyone, I'm Greg Lambert, and this is Jackson Walker Fast Takes. With the speed in which COVID-related relief programs were rolled out from the federal government, there was also plenty of opportunity for fraud. So I asked Jackson Walker litigation partner, Arthur Goldwitzer, to come on the show and discuss the issue. Art, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Oh, my pleasure. So, Art, what is causing right now the federal government to set its crosshairs on COVID relief as well as the related health care fraud issues? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. In the past 18 months or so, we have a host of new government programs, all of which come with literally billions of dollars in aid, and there is concern about where that money is being spent and uh, making sure it gets to individuals and businesses who, who need it the most. In particular, there's the Paycheck Protection Program, the, the PPP loans that I, I think uh, received a lot of attention in the media. And there's also something called the CARES Act, which included subsidies and aid for certain kinds of businesses, particularly in the healthcare field. Uh, along with those acts came a lot of money. So I know from senior folks in the U.S. attorney's offices, including here in Texas, that the Department of Justice has made the intersection between COVID relief and fraud and healthcare fraud in particular one of their absolute highest priorities. Why the focus on healthcare fraud? I, I think twofold, uh, or maybe even more than two reasons. Uh, one, this is all being driven by a healthcare crisis. Two, there is a, a historical interest in avoiding fraud in healthcare because even before COVID, the government spends a lot of money on healthcare through the Medicare and Medicaid programs, things like that. So now you have an area that, that is highly regulated, traditionally a, a place where the government looks for fraud. And you throw billions of more dollars into it along with a whole bunch of new regulations, and it's an area where the, the government has a keen interest. So, Art, you mentioned that this is a high priority uh, on the federal government's behalf. Are there some examples or circumstances that you know of that uh, people should be aware of? Absolutely. The various laws that were passed in the past 18 months you know, in response to the COVID pandemic included appointing a special inspector general for pandemic relief. That, that's literally his title. And people refer to that as a SIGPR. And in, the SIGPR uh, has liaisons in most, if not all, U.S. attorney's offices. So, for instance, in the Northern District of Texas, in Dallas, uh, there is a assistant United States attorney focused on criminal matters and an assistant United States attorney who handles civil lawsuits like civil fraud cases, both of whom are tasked with working with the SIGPR in their jurisdiction. And that's going on all over the country and all the districts in Texas as well as in other cities around the country. Altogether, in just the past year, more than 500 criminal cases have been charged or filed, and that number is just growing. So are, are there specific things that they are looking at right now? There are. These prosecutors and their law enforcement agents get their cases from a number of sources. The SIGPERS website, 
for instance, has links where members of the public can simply report tips. Traditionally, U.S. attorneys' offices or law enforcement agencies like the FBI will get calls from the public about suspected criminal activity. And they're also doing more sophisticated stuff like data mining. I mean, this is an area where the government can look at a business and say, gee, your business depends on delivery of in-person medical services, but you're in a city where providing such services was prohibited or discouraged during the months of uh, April, May, June of 2020, for instance. How is it that your claims for reimbursement have gone up instead of down, right? They can notice those trends. I can give an, an example that was, uh, it's almost too easy to believe, but you, you have cases here in Texas where people have been prosecuted for lying about the number of employees they have and inflating their payroll for purposes of receiving one of those PPP loans. Well, how does the government find that out? In some cases, it's simply as easy as comparing Texas Workforce Commission data with what someone put on their loan application. So there's a variety of sources for claims. Um, and the last one I should touch on is the False Claims Act. So this has been with us for a while. The False Claims Act is a civil statute where the government or a whistleblower can bring a case for fraud claiming that the service provider made a false claim to the government for payment, either didn't deliver the services they said they were delivering or overcharged for them. Well, the claimant, the person, the whistleblower, gets a percentage of the recovery. So there's an incentive to bring those cases. And then the plaintiff's lawyers also know that. So they'll take their cut. And those cases are flagged for the government because the government can choose to intervene and handle the case if it chooses to do so. And so now you have a civil lawsuit that the government can step into and at the same time, now the criminal authorities might look at it and say, is this just a civil violation or is there a crime here? And is there anything that businesses should be doing to kind of protect themselves at this point? Absolutely. This is, you know, for the most part, legitimate businesses aren't worried about lying about their payroll, right? If that, that's a, a more traditional crime and not what a legitimate commercial entity is doing. What we sometimes are concerned about for our clients are what I would call traps for the unwary, where there are just regulations and, and, a, and a dense thicket of regulations that have to be complied with when you ask the government for money. And those regulations have changed and become more complex over the past year and a half. The government has changed its rules for telemedicine, for instance. The government has requires all sorts of certifications when you ask for a PPP loan or when you seek reimbursement under the CARES Act. And because those regulations are changing, you know, the best thing someone can do is speak with one of our healthcare professionals up front, right? Get guidance on what the new regulations are, how to set up best practices for dealing with them, uh, how to have uh, set up a compliance program, make sure employees aren't you're making mistakes, either one-off mistakes or a pattern of mistakes that might trigger a government investigation. So the bottom line is we encourage clients to be proactive 
uh, we, we want the clients to speak with our attorneys who are focused on the healthcare industry so that they don't get a knock on the door from law enforcement and frankly, so they don't need my services as a litigator. So what should businesses be doing to protect themselves should they be approached by the authorities? Well, if approached by the authorities, the first answer is simple. Seek legal counsel. One of the most common ways for otherwise law-abiding folks to get in trouble, get in criminal trouble, is simply by making false statements to the government. And so even if someone thinks, I haven't done anything wrong, I'll just speak with the law enforcement agents who have knocked on my door and I'll make this go away, there's dangers there. It really is safer and the agents generally will understand when someone says, look, I'd be happy to speak with you. I'd really like to have my lawyer present first. Um, in fact, I can, I can think of a recent example in my own practice where a client um, was contacted by the FBI and simply sitting down with her and the agent rather than her answering questions on the fly with no other witness present and no preparation was just a, a, a wiser course of action. Well, Art Goldwitzer, thanks again for your insights on these uh, COVID-related relief programs. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. We will have more information about this and other JW Fast Takes and webinars at jw.com forward slash fast. The music is by Eve Searles. This podcast is made available by Jackson Walker for informational purposes only, does not constitute legal advice, and is not a substitute for legal advice from a qualified counsel. Your use of this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and Jackson Walker. The facts and results of each case will vary and no particular result can be guaranteed. Thanks for listening.